Hi everyone, welcome to the Mum Boss Method podcast. I've just realised that my um, microphone is really far away from me, so I'll try and move that closer without deafening everyone because that won't be fun. Uh, we have a special guest with us today. You know how much I love a guest podcast because it means I do less talking. Uh, Jenna, <laughs> Jenna Beadle, welcome to the Mum Boss Method podcast. How are you on this Tuesday? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Je- Jenna and I have just done a live in her Facebook group and now she's she's here on my podcast. So um, <laughs> lots of collaboration going on today. We love a bit of collaboration. So Jenna, why don't you tell everyone who you are and what you do so that they understand why you're here? Yeah, no, that's fine. So hi, everybody. I'm Jenna Beadle. So I'm a life coach, but my background's in social work. So I've been a social worker sort of the last sort of 10 years. Um, I'm a mum of two, well, three. I've got a stepdaughter as well. So we've got quite a busy household. Um, the I run the Powerhouse Mums Club on Facebook. Um, so with my background as a social worker, I'm very much about supporting mums to have a better relationship with themselves so they can be a positive role model for their children. So it's very much about breaking some of that them negative cycles, break some of that negative conditioning we've had as a child so we don't pass that on to our children so they have a bit a, a different experience to us really and it's about sort of working with mums to sort of increase their positive sense of self, identity, that kind of thing so then sort of we can role model this to our children. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of me and kind of why well my business really um so yes yeah, so I, I deal with a lot of sort of toxic relationships sort of you know sort of mums that very much realize that they've come from sort of na- narcissist kind of parents that kind of thing and how it's impacted on them mm-hmm. um and the stories kind of get told really yeah okay really interesting and I want to dig into that toxic relationship a little bit in just uh, a second but how did you come to doing what you're doing now like what's your story what's your and I know you're a social worker but yeah yeah what made you decide that this is where you wanted to help um I think because I've I've done sort of social work for so many years and I've kind of seen the side repeat itself you know over generations and it's kind of that we are very much conditioned but we go by what's normal to us and I've started to realize over a long time that I kind of very much follows my mum's path um, in terms of how I've used myself but also the relationships I got into um, I have been in abusive relationships not only with myself but with with other people and I think it was more about I have to realise that I have to make a change to ensure that my children don't walk my path. I've done that. I've done all that trauma. I want to ensure as best as I can, because I've got a decision here, that my children don't walk it. So it's about I needed to improve the relationship I had with me. And I am the ultimate tick box exercise kind of girl. I have done mindset for years, but I've done it all on a superficial level. I've done this. I've done that. And I would feel better after a little while and then not feel any better. So I really realised after having my second baby, I suffered quite severely with postnatal depression. And 
I realised then that I actually needed to go back and really sort of look inwards. And I started to realise that I picked social work for a career because I looked outwards. I never looked in because that was too scary to look inwards. Um, but if I need to sort of show my children to be able to validate themselves, especially with how social media is blowing up now, I need to ensure that I don't sort of view myself as ugly, as fat. And I, we say all these things, and we don't even know we're saying them half the time, but then kind of our children hear these kind of things and repeat them, and that's how you're meant to talk about yourself. So I realised I needed to change some of that, and especially when I was suffering, you know, mm. and it was kind of the only way to stop some of this suffering is to actually deal with it rather than just put a sticky plaster on it. So I think that's kind of why I'm so passionate about it. Mm. So it's really interesting. And I'm just going to pull on an example that I come back to time and time again in the work that I do. Scale weight. Where did we all learn to become obsessed with a number on us on a scale? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our mothers. Yeah. Very right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so often I, I see two extremes. More often than not, people say to me, my mom was forever on a diet. Growing up, all I remember is my mom saying she was on a diet or yeah. my mom is tiny, diddy, a size four, a size six. She's never had to worry about what she eats. And, and so either either women follow their mums or they are yeah. they feel they're the polar opposite of their mums but yeah. this obsession with the scale weight has come from our mothers and our grandmothers and yeah like, yeah definitely. so just I'm just yeah. relating that back to the work that I do and the view that we have of ourselves on our own body image Definitely. But it's becoming a lot bigger now because of Instagram. That's my worries for the next generation. I just want them to be able to validate themselves rather than look for outside influences. You know, you can only get on Instagram if you look like this, if you're size six, if you're mm-hmm. whatever, because that's not reality. And mm-hmm. kind of teenagers in particular have got so much expectations to live up that we've kind of accepted as a society. And I think it's changing some of that by saying it's not reality that's not real um and I think that's what's more scary you're making you're like bringing all these things to my to the forefront of my mind right so my son's got a girlfriend I mean I say girlfriend people (laughs) people who aren't watching this I'm doing the speech marky things girlfriend he's 12 like you know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's it's not really a girlfriend, but he obviously messages her, and I said, "Oh, can I see a picture of her?" Because I'm God forbid I'm allowed to meet her, and um, all of the pictures that he's got of her on her phone, she's pulling a funny face, and I said, "Why has she just not got a picture of her smiling?" And then when I look through his his phone, none of the pictures that that people that him and his friends send each other are they just smiling? They all yeah. have to have, be pulling funny faces. And it really struck me that they don't want people to just see them in their natural state. No. No. They have to be pulling yeah. a funny face. Yeah. And it's and, yeah. really sad. Hmm. It is. It is. 
And I think they have a lot more to live up to than, you know, we ever had, you know, like, because there were internet about when I were growing up. So I think that's my biggest worry. And I think that's why me and you've both got this strong mission about sort of helping the next generation, because we talk a lot about mindset, but actually, what is it? You know, it's kind of that word, isn't it? You know, but I think if anything we can teach our children, it's more about them being able to validate and they're okay with who they are. They don't have to live up to any other expectations because we are people pleasers. We do Mm. like to feel accepted. Yeah, but that validation and that work has to start with us because how can you possibly teach your children to accept themselves for what they are? Like we look at our children and they're beautiful and they're gorgeous and they're perfect, but how can we teach them that they are and to accept themselves as they are if we can't do the same for us? Definitely. And there's a big research now to say that whatever we verbalise to our children, it doesn't actually go in. It's what we show them. So if we stand in the mirror in front of them, not even knowing, saying, oh, look at the state of my hair and oh, look at the state of what I'm wearing. I'm fat. I'm ugly. Whatever that may be, that's what they will pick up rather Mm -hmm. than actually you just saying to them, but you're beautiful because we're contradicting that message. But if people say I look like you mum but you're calling yourself fat but so if I look like you you're calling yourself fat how can then I be beautiful it's that Mm. kind of mixed messages that we give I know it's so true it's so true and it's so so scary it's so scary and and that I don't want to go down the social media tangent but I am going to say two things because I'd be quite interested in your thoughts on this so it's really tricky. And I know your children are younger than mine, but yeah. mine, my one. Um, but, you know, it was really difficult for us to decide to give him a phone. Mm-hmm. So he got a phone when he went into year six because he was allowed to start walking to and from school. And so yeah. he, I believe he needs a phone. But then all his friends are on social media and they all use, you know, they all use TikTok and they all use Snapchat. They don't phone each other anymore. They don't WhatsApp. They don't text, text. They Snapchat each other. And he, you know, he's not old enough to have either of those, but he was saying to us, but that is how my friends talk to each other. So if you don't, if I can't have Snapchat, I can't, I can't talk to my friends because they won't, they won't message yeah, yeah. me, they won't WhatsApp me. So that was really, really difficult. But we've got some really strict boundaries around. Yeah. And he's recently pushed those boundaries a little bit. So we've brought them in again. But um, the other thing that I'm really quite clear on in my business is, you know, you see a lot of people doing what I do and they post hours and hours of content of them in the gym in you know tiny gym wear looking all tanned and bronzed up and you know bum pictures and stuff now I could probably do that and get myself loads more views on my Instagram and loads more views on my TikTok but I'm a 43 year old mum who is busy has a house to run and a business to run I want to get into the gym. I want to do my workout and I want to get home. 
yeah yeah I, I don't you know I don't have time for setting up a camera and getting a bomb shot but also it's not real life no it's not no, real it's life not. and so there's like there's two really clear sides to me and you know maybe some people listening are thinking well Chrissy actually I'd love to see you working out a little bit more but I, I I work with real women who don't have hours and hours of time to be in the gym, who don't yeah. have enough sleep or enough time yeah, to yeah. end up, you know, sustaining that kind of figure. I can't sustain that kind of figure for yeah, yeah. months and months and months. So, yeah, two sides to that, like the kids' sides and the the kind of the yeah. boundaries we put around our kids, but also what we portray. You know, I I'm not. I am 43. I got. I can't compete with personal trainers who are 23 yeah. who haven't had kids and don't have those responsibilities and have yeah. all that time on social media to put those things up. I just wondered what your opinions on those two things were. Um, I think in terms of sort of you know your son and sort of of you know snapchat and that kind of thing that's come up quite a lot especially for us this weekend as well because kind of my nieces and things were on sort of websites that maybe they shouldn't be on and um we all had to have a serious conversation about actually what the dangers of that were so if anything if I was to go back to my old role what I would recommend to people is actually having these conversations and I think sometimes as mums, we try and protect our children, rightly so. But I think what's age appropriate, we also need to be very aware with them, actually, what the dangers were. Because I had to be quite blunt with with them in terms of the website that they were on is very much for sexual harm, child exploitation, all the rest of it. And I thought, we need to be honest and open here what the dangers were. And because I got a childlike response back of, well, well, why were people, why do people create them sort of websites? Because there's lots of people out there that actually buy them sort of images, you know, and all that websites. And I think this is the reality. We can't stop these things, but our children actually need to be aware of actually what potentially the, because technology is increasing every day. Things yeah. are, we're not going to stop them. No. So it's more about them being very aware. And the biggest thing, Chrissy, is for me is we override this gut instinct. We've all got it. It's there to keep you safe. We've all got it, but we override it for one thing or another. And when I've always over, you know, overrided mine, it's got me some sort of, you know, sticky situations, really. Mm. And I think that's what we need to relay to our children is that yeah. there is things out there but it's having these open communication like you said set boundaries you know that kind of thing there was a big issue uh, the other day about should we still look through our teenagers film for me I think we should because I would rather keep my child safe and me and them have a bit of a discussion about sort of their privacy and all the rest of it especially if you're paying for the the phone bill and all that kind of thing you know that communication needs to be back and forth so I think if it means that there's something that's telling you that you're worried about your child then yes I would definitely have a look through their phone but in terms of the other thing about sort of people posting images that isn't reality you know other sort of gym goers that kind of thing 
we were laughing about this the other day because we went on um, a day out and these images came up on sort of Facebook. Well, it was like we've gone on two different days out because I'm thinking that was a five minute shot of something that I actually went to the toilet and I came back and I'm thinking, I don't remember any of them. So to the, the outside, world, yeah, yeah, to the outside world, we'd had an amazing day and we did, but I don't remember any of that f- five minute snapshot. You know, so and that's kind of people will only show you what they actually want you to see rather than actually what the reality is. And I think going back to kids, mums, whatever, we we do like to keep up with the Joneses, but always keep in mind that's like a snapshot of somebody's life. That's mm. not five minutes before when everyone's having a meltdown and nobody will sit down and have the tea. And you know, that's reality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks for indulging me with those two topics there. No. <laughs> um, okay, so something that you mentioned and we talked about before was toxic relationships. Yeah. Now, I think this is a really important topic and I think that you can have lots of toxic relationships. Actually, what we've talked about so far for the first 15 minutes of this is is can fit under the the guise of toxic relationships you can have toxic romantic relationships you know I I have worked with many women who have been in narcissistic relationships I have friends that have been in narcissistic relationships you can have toxic friendships you can have toxic relationships with your phone you know with social media yeah Um, yeah you can have toxic relationships with food with your body with alcohol everything right yeah yeah but I would just love to hear a bit from you about you know what is a toxic relationship because I think personally and I don't know what you think but and this is really hard as a coach you hear someone relay something back to you and you have to I can't say that's really toxic or that's narcissistic or that is not a friend that's not what I can do I can't do that but help the audience to identify what do we mean by a toxic relationship for me a toxic relationship is usually anything that makes you feel unhappy unsafe um unworthy you know you're not valued respected harmful like we've talked about earlier, that gut instinct, when that starts running, you know, and you're constant, like you've talked before, if you're constantly tired, exhausted, you know, it has a massive impact on your health, your well-being, that kind of thing. But usually a toxic relationship is something that starts with you. So the true saying is, you know, how can you expect anybody to love you, validate you, that kind of thing, if you don't do it for yourself, because you don't know actually what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's more about mistreatment. That's the biggest thing. So have a look at sort of your values. Are they in line with kind of, are you being treated in alignment to that? You know, mm-hmm. does something make you feel good? But this is also you. You know, we do, most of the time we have a toxic relationship with ourselves. And unfortunately, there is people out there that kind of manipulate sort of that sort of feeling in you. You know, if you're feeling unworthy, whatever, then people will come along and manipulate kind of that feeling that you have in yourself. Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of how the start of domestic abuse relationships start. 
but and that's why you know we've talked earlier about sort of allowing children to have that self-validation so they're actually setting their own boundaries then they're setting healthy boundaries so if somebody's treating them how they don't want to be treated they have enough value in themselves to be like no thank you you know so so that's my biggest thing is the toxic relationship is very much if something is making you feel worthless, nobody has a right to do that. Even you don't have a really a right to do that to yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. You are on this world for so much more than to feel worthless. Yeah, yeah. And and like we say, that doesn't have to be a toxic romantic relationship. No, it can no. be a friendship. It can be Anything. Parents, your boss, you know, parents, yeah, yeah. colleagues, yeah. anyone, um, yeah. and yourself and yourself yeah. yeah yeah for sure um so what are the three most powerful tools or tips that you have that you use with women to help them I think there's a couple well there's three things and they kind of all relate um which we've kind of touched a bit on so my top one is healthy boundaries so it's sort of looking at sort of what things you say yes to that you maybe actually want to say no to but it's kind of self-awareness sort of looking at actually what things you want to go to what you don't want to go to and it's Mm. also you have a choice how people treat you so if people don't treat you how you are wanting to be treated then it's okay to kind of which kind of links to the next one about decluttering you should do this so often and it's okay to not have them parents parents in your life that you know bring you no benefit you know make you feel negative or negative cycles friendships environments you know review these and if people no longer make you feel good as you start increasing your confidence your self-esteem naturally you'll start to shred these people anyway because Mm -hmm. they don't align with actually how you feel at the moment which kind of then links to the biggest thing is the resilience. I talked a bit about this today. So resilience is very much about sort of, we all go through difficulties, traumas, that kind of thing. And a resilience is something that you can build that allows you to bounce back after sort of traumatic events, that kind of thing. But Mm. resilience allows you to sort of problem solve you know kind of it's something we learn as children and that's why I'm very much a big thing about you know you teaching your children to build that resilience within themselves so they are able to make these decisions themselves they don't have to look outside somewhere else you know a bit like you and your son and snapchat if he sees something he doesn't like he's got that confidence and the relationship with you that he can come and talk to you about it you know and yeah. that's kind of what I'm promoting yeah absolutely and I love I really I love all of those but decluttering I think is really powerful and I think this whole self-awareness piece and linking into your gut instinct and your intuition yeah. right so like for those of you listening have you ever received a message from someone or you see their name flash up on your phone or you see they've posted something on social media and it just doesn't make you feel comfortable and it could be because you think oh I'm going to look at that and feel inadequate or I'm going to look at that and fit and feel like you know even a bit jealous or a bit oh it's easy for her or whatever or or that person's phoning you or messaging you and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to ignore that for as long as possible. 
that tells you there's something wrong with that relationship and it tells you might you might need to declutter and by the way i don't feel decluttering has to be done forever no no you can just step away from someone for a little while yeah um the mute button on social media and on on whatsapp chats are brilliant yeah i think you know you just have to mute someone and they don't know that you can't see their yeah. You can't see that. And, you know, because a lot of people that a lot of the women I work with, when I challenge them on kind of curating their social media, they say, oh, there's this one person that whenever I see their post, I'm just like, oh, they have it all yeah. and it triggers me. But if I unfollow them, they're going to see I've unfollowed them or they'll know. Just mute them then. Just oh, yeah. mute them until you feel like you can deal with yeah. them a bit better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think a bit like what you were saying earlier about being self-aware, there is people out there, I call them emotional vampires. People might have other names for them, but you know the people I'm talking about. When you get home, you think absolutely exhausted. I could do with a nap. They're the sort of people that you need to be questioned, actually, how do they benefit me? Or the people that just talk, talk at you. Yeah. Well, I ain't got time for people just, you know, conversations are two-way thing. Yeah, they take more than they give. Yeah, that's yeah. the ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it feels really good, I think, to um be able to curate your whole life a little bit. And just back to the setting boundaries, something that I say to people a lot is no is a complete sentence. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I you don't even have to say no because or no, I don't want to. You can just say no. Yeah, but people really struggle with that because we struggle with that. We need to justify ourselves, you know. So people really, it, it takes a lot of work that, you know, that, yeah. you know. But you yeah. only need to say it once, you know. Yeah, yeah I have. Yeah. One of my clients, Kirsty, has really been practising saying no recently um, because she's got a lot on, she's got, you know, I, I'm not going to say on the podcast what she's doing because it's not kind of, in the ether yet but she's got a lot on and so we started her practicing saying no and now she loves saying no because it it empowers you doesn't it it empowers you absolutely empowers you yeah yeah that's great brilliant um have you got any other pearls of wisdom or anything else you'd like to share I think it's more just being okay with who you are I think that's the biggest thing is because we don't get taught to actually you know um be okay with our successes and that kind of thing you know we kind of teach Mm. children from very little they can be whatever they want to be celebrate who you are and then they kind of get missing somewhere in the adulthood so like you said on my life even if it's just a couple of changes celebrate them you've achieved them yeah celebrate your wins yeah for sure for sure Jenna where yeah. can people find you so uh, I've got a vlog on YouTube um Jenna Beadle's coaching or I've got the powerhouse mums club on Facebook so please come and join me yep yeah I'll make sure that the links are in the show notes no problem That's at great. all it's, it's been really great to talk to you thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and insight with everyone I think it's going to be really beneficial Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
No problem, right? Everyone, make sure that you give this a listen, you give it a rate, and you go and find Jenna in all of the places that I've linked in the show notes. And I will see you next week. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it and tag me on Instagram at the Mum Boss Method. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Have an awesome week.